And now, you're catching up with Peach. What's up? What's up? Happy Tuesday. I hope your Thursday is going great. And I feel like I was just here, (laughs) but that's because I was. Sunday night, hopped in the studio, recorded a special March Madness preview episode. So if you have not heard that yet, after you get through today's, and if you want to know a little bit more, go check that out. I had so much fun recording that. Obviously, I've been talking about it for weeks. I'm so excited. It is finally here. Let's get it started. It starts tonight. And this energy is coming from an extra cup of coffee, let me tell you, because yes, I'm excited about all this stuff, but that time change got me. Spring always gets me, takes me a couple days to get into it. Yeah, we say we're going to bed an hour early. No, I didn't. You didn't. Let's be honest. Today's lineup stays the same. Football first, basketball, baseball, hockey. We wrap up with the misfits, of course. So without further ado, here we go. In the football world, we're going to move right past college. Nothing earth-shattering to tell you about there, but in the NFL, some stuff going down. First things first, Wednesday at 4, open free agency. And I have linked a couple articles if you want to know more details, but really big picture what that does, that signals the start of the next year, the next season in the NFL. So we've got some some moving and some shaking going on. Geno Smith and Daniel Jones, both quarterbacks, they're staying with their respective teams. So Geno Smith with the Seattle Seahawks, Daniel Jones with the New York Giants, staying put. Derek Carr, we already know is a New Orleans Saints, but Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come in and take his spot at the Las Vegas Raiders. So Garoppolo coming from the San Francisco 49ers has now signed a three-year deal with the Raiders. The Miami Dolphins are getting cornerback Jalen Ramsey. Now, that's a defensive thing. I know I just switched from quarterbacks to cornerbacks, and I know it couldn't be any more confusing, but he's a big name defensively. Dolphins are looking like they're going to make a run for it, trying to make some moves this offseason. We still don't know about Aaron Rodgers. I know you're thinking she talks about him every week. I feel like a broken record player too, but it is one of the biggest things that's being talked about, you know, on ESPN, every major news, you know, sports news site. We just don't know where he's going to go. And as I was listening, watching Monday, as I do in preparation for this, one of the talking heads, I don't know whether it was Dan Orlovsky or Dan Graziano, Adam Schefter, somebody said there's really two options for Aaron Rodgers at this point. He's either going to become a New York Jet and keep playing, or he's going to retire. You know, not that I'm a betting woman, but if I were, I don't think he's finished yet, but only time will tell. When I know, you'll know. All right, let's move into basketball, and the heart of this episode will be basketball, because like I said, it starts tonight, so let's get it started. The NCAA men's side of things we're going to talk about first. The first four games happened Tuesday night, decided those last couple spots. So the round of 64, the first round starts tonight, Thursday. Thursday and Friday have the first round games. Saturday and Sunday have the second round games before we move into next weekend when it's the Sweet 16, Elite Eight. You know, you know. The four regions of 16 of 16. (laughs) The South, the number one seed is Alabama, and they're the overall number one seed, first time in program history. The Midwest region, Houston's going to come in at number one, and they are the second overall team, but also a number one. The third overall is Kansas, and they're the number one seed in the West. And last but not least, the fourth overall team, Purdue, and they are number one in the East. When I look at all four of those teams, I just said at Alabama, first time being a number one seed. Kansas, you know, trying to come back after winning last year. I think Purdue is going to be 
um, they're going to have the toughest road, I think, to get to the final four. And I'll say, if you watch, you know, others agree with me, very talented team, got some incredible athletes, some incredible talent, yet their guards are what you call their backcourt, the guys that dribble up the ball. They're super young. They're both freshmen. And while they've had a great year, this is when push comes to shove. So we'll see what they're made of. This is, as a reminder, a single elimination tournament. You win, you move on, you lose, you go home. If you listen to the March Madness episode, I give you a couple names, but I'm going to give you a couple bonus names. So in the men's side of things, three extra names in addition to the five that I gave you if you listen to the episode. Jalen Wilson with Kansas had more of a backseat role last year, but it's definitely his team this year. TCU's spark is Mike Miles Jr., just a dynamic player, brings a lot of energy, carries that team. And then last, Jeremy Roach with Duke struggled with some injuries, but he's healthy now. And Duke's on a tear. Like the last 18 games, they went 17-1 and or something like that. Crazy. In the whole, you know, at the tournament as a whole, the Big Ten had eight teams and the SEC also had eight teams, which I think is crazy because all year we've talked about how full the Big 12 is. They have so many different teams. And and they had, I think they had seven, but it's still weird to me to look and be like, okay, the SEC and the Big 10 had the most teams in the tournament. It's just kind of a kind of a fun thing. Depending on where you are geographically and what you care about, I think it's fun to know what conference showed up the most. Couple other, you know, news to note here in the college basketball world, not necessarily pertaining to the NCAA tournament, but Mike Bray finished at Notre Dame after 23 seasons. We've talked about that before. Jim Beheim with Syracuse. Um, I can't imagine Syracuse without Jim Beheim, but it's going to happen next year for the first time in what feels like forever. And then Chris Beard, we talked about him at the start of the season because there were some off-court issues. He was the coach of Texas, not anymore, but Ole Miss has hired him on. Okay, on the NCAA women's side of things, their first four play-in games were Wednesday. Their first and second rounds are going to be Friday and Saturday. Or excuse me, their first rounds are Friday and Saturday. Second rounds are Sunday and Monday. And the way that it's structured for the women, there's two regional sites. So Greenville 1 and 2, and then Seattle 3 and 4. So in Greenville 1, South Carolina, no surprise there, overall number one seed. Greenville 2, IU comes in at the number one seed there. Seattle 3 is Virginia Tech, and Seattle 4 is going to be Stanford. And I think, and I did hint at this in the in the episode that I did that came out Monday, I do think the biggest conversation around the women's tournament is going to be, are those number one seeds right? Yes, South Carolina, IU, no qualms with that. But I think when people talk about, you know, UConn or Iowa had a stellar year, obviously, with Caitlin Clark, did they get snubbed? So. Those are probably some of the, the the questions, the controversy going on there in the women's game. Couple bonus names here on the women's side of things: Cameron Brink with Stanford, Mackenzie Holmes with IU, and Diamond Miller with Maryland. So, you know, I talked about how many teams from each conference are coming into the men's side of things, but on the women, the ACC had eight, but the Big Ten, Pac-12, and SEC had seven. So, pretty pretty well spread with those conferences. South Carolina is looking to become the 10th team to go undefeated all season. I do need to do a little like asterisk, little editor's note here, not to keep referencing the March Madness episode, but I need to make a little correction. Um, 
there's a couple different records and things that can be broken. And so I misspoke saying that they're looking to become the second, or they are the second team ever to enter undefeated. That's not quite the case. They're, as I just said, looking to become the 10th team to go undefeated all season, trying to become back-to-back champions. But they are the first team to enter the tournament undefeated since 2018. So a little update there, a little correction. In the NBA world, we are always kind of looking at the Warriors and the Lakers. Those are just two of like the big franchises we pay attention to. Lakers, as of Sunday night, couldn't and are not yet at 500. They're still missing LeBron James. If I, when I say 500, that means they're not yet to like even wins and losses. So most of you probably know what that is, but I just had a moment where I thought, you know, better just say what that means. So they, they're still missing LeBron James to be determined when he's going to come back, but they do have D'Angelo Russell back, which is a huge help for them. Kevin Durant, we're still kind of talking some injury stuff here. Kevin Durant with the Phoenix Suns, he injured his ankle in pregame warmups about a week ago, and he's going to miss two to three weeks. So that guy can't catch a break with his ankle. The Mavericks, they've got Luka Doncic, Kyrie and company dealing with some injuries there as well. Just a little injury update around the league, if you will. But before I go with the NBA, I need to put some respect on the Sacramento Kings. Um, I take full full responsibility for the fact I have not dropped that team name to you and not talked about De'Aaron Fox, who's their leading scorer with 25 points per game and a clutch player. Again, when you think of the NBA, you think of teams like Lakers and Celtics and you think of the Warriors and, uh, you know, but you don't necessarily think of the Sacramento Kings. Well, we need to be thinking about the Sacramento Kings. We need to keep our eye on them. And by the time this comes out, teams are going to have between 12 and 15 games left. So the closer we get here to the end of the season, keep your eye out for an NBA playoffs, NBA postseason episode previewing, giving you an explanation for what that looks like in the pro basketball world. Okay, we move on to baseball. The World Baseball Classic is happening for the USA specifically, since this is a U.S.-based podcast. Uh, they won against Great Britain to open. They lost against Mexico, and they beat Canada 12-1 to on Monday night. And interestingly enough, this is kind of a, a sweet aside— or sad, depending on how you look at it. Freddie Freeman, who's a well-known name, he was with the Atlanta Braves for a long time, now first baseman with the Dodgers. He actually plays for Team Canada. Uh, His mom passed away when he was 10 years old, but he wants to honor her by playing for Team Canada. I know a lot of people are like, yeah, he was born in California. Well, sweet, sweet story, wanting to honor his mom. He said, I don't know if this is what she wants me to do, but you know, she was Canadian. His dad's Canadian as well. And he feels like that honors her. So I just think that's a really, just a sweet note. We just need, we just need a little bit of that every once in a while. So Japan's perfect in the World Baseball Classic, large part to Shohei Otani, another name to know. And a fun thing. Oh my goodness. So I just saw this last night, but a Nicaraguan pitcher 21 years old, struck out three of the best players in Major League Baseball. And after the game, a Detroit Tigers pitcher, or excuse me, a Detroit Tigers manager came over and offered him a minor league contract. So 
I said manager. There was a scout there. I was trying to find my words. There was a scout there for the Detroit Tigers, came over, offered the guy a minor league contract because he struck out like Julio Rodriguez. He struck out Juan Soto. He struck out Rafael Devers. I will post that Thursday. I will post the little... Um, on my Instagram, the little post about that because it's really special. I just think that's fun. The World Baseball Classic, this is just fun, watching these teams compete because we see it in so many other sports. I will say the the nuanced thing to this is this is preseason. This is spring training for these players. And so the managers of these teams are having to keep an eye on specifically their pitchers because they keep track of pitch count. They don't want to wear out their arms too much. And they're having to be respectful of their parent clubs, meaning whatever pro MLB team they are, they belong to, if you will. So that's kind of an interesting thing, you know, kind of wish they could just full send the operation, but you understand you got 162 game season ahead of you. Don't want to be hurting anybody prematurely. There will be an MLB episode coming soon. Opening day is March 30th. And Justin Turner with the Red Sox got hit by a pitch in the face about a week, week and a half ago. But he is expected to be back for March 30th uh, opening day. There'll be an episode coming around the corner previewing the season, kind of just like I did for March Madness, explaining how it's going to go, some names to know, a little terminology. Of course, you know I love baseball, so I'm excited about that. Let's move on to the hockey world. The Philadelphia Flyers have fired their general manager and president, uh, fired him Friday, Chuck Fletcher. So a little rebuilding, reshuffling going on there. The Bruins, no surprise here, set the record for the fastest team to win 50. So took the fewest games for them to hit 50 wins in a season. Um, Kirill Kaprizov, had to say that nice and slow. Kirill Kaprizov, a left wing with the Wild. That is the Minnesota Wild. He's an all-star, had a lower body injury. I may have watched the highlights. Mm, Uncomfortable. He's going to miss three to four weeks with that. Let's do a little standings check here. So in the Eastern Conference, and and I'm going to say these cities, and I want you, I'm going to pause for a brief second and see if you know the team name. The Boston Bruins are number one. Number two, Carolina Hurricanes. Three is the New Jersey Devils. Four, Toronto Maple Leafs. Five, Tampa Bay Lightning. On the western side of things, Vegas, Golden Knights. Two, Dallas, Stars. Three, LA, Kings. Four, Minnesota, I just said it, Wild. And five, the Seattle, Kraken. If you heard me pause there for a second saying New Jersey Devils, I just saw this morning, sports, they changed on a dime. I just misspoke. I'm going to correct myself right here. New Jersey Devils are actually two behind the Boston Bruins in the Eastern Conference, and Carolina's three. I read that off as Carolina is two and New Jersey is three. Flip that. Okay, let's finish up with the misfits. In the soccer world, feel free to check out that stuff on your own. I looked at kind of what was going on in the latest. Nothing that involves big picture. A lot of the headlines was just a lot of angst and frustration and... Just don't need to bring any of that to this table on a Thursday morning. In the tennis world, Wimbledon is still deciding whether they're going to allow Russian and Belarusian players in politics. They don't just stay in the political world. Patrick McEnroe has been named the new Tennis Hall of Fame president. And if you are a veteran fan of tennis, then you will know that name. Um, I, I said that the nicest way I could, right? 
All right. In the golf world, Scotty Scheffler won the players this past weekend, and he's back to world number one. I will also bring up Rory McIlroy. He's kind of a name to know in golf the past five, ten years. He didn't even make the cut at the players. So the way that golf works is you have to you have to hit a certain mark in order to play in the competition, play during the weekend. You have to you you play a couple holes, you play a couple rounds to hit a certain mark. He didn't even make that mark to be able to compete through the weekend into finals on Sunday. And kind of when asked about it, he's been a huge advocate for the PGA and this whole PGA versus live thing we've got going on. And he's like, it's just, it's distracting. It's, you know, taken away from my game and my preparation. So I think it is wearing on some players a little bit, but just worth noting as we head in, head into the Masters, keep our eyes on the Masters here in the next couple of weeks, he's a name we'll be paying attention to. How much of that really is affecting these guys with this, background, maybe not so background controversy, legal issues we've got going on. A bonus bite, if you will, Michaela Schifrin with an alpine skier set the record this past week with her 87th World Cup victory. Um, It's been a long time since I've tried skiing. I think I was in like seventh grade when I tried skiing last, and so many of you are cringing listening to that saying, oh my gosh. But I just, I have to say, I, I was not... um I needed to stick to soccer. It wasn't the best thing I'd ever done. I'm willing to get back on the horse again. But to have, to do it competitively and then to be that excellent, I just have so much respect. So much respect. So, okay, that bonus bite wraps up this episode. I hope you guys are excited about tonight, March Madness, tipping off. I will be, I have my brackets posted at this point. I have, as of Tuesday morning, I have not completed my brackets. They're waiting for me. I don't even know. I I don't even know because like I've said all year, it's chaos. It's unpredictable. It's madness. And as you tune in, you will definitely start to see why we call it madness. As always, I am so thankful that you were here with me. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy some basketball. I'll look forward to being back here with you next week. Same time, same place. Thanks for catching up with Peach. Peach.